We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. She is Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And you guys are back and tuned in to another episode of Brunch Culture, the millennial podcast where everything is up for discussion. Everything. Even, you know, Nikki and Cardi. Nikki and Cardi. I, we, I've been waiting for this, yo. I've been waiting. You've been waiting for the fight? No, I ain't been waiting for the fight, but I've been waiting to, like, dissect this fight, right? Okay. You ready? Because this is, like... So, I actually made a, a Instagram, an Insta story post because I felt like it wasn't really a popular... At first, I wasn't seeing it, right? I wasn't seeing a lot of people that... <laughs> so, you wanted to be the publicity? Yeah, because I was just like, yo, y'all, y'all don't understand, like, this is... Something is happening here, Right. And everybody kept saying, this is so ghetto. It's making black people look bad. We look terrible. Yeah, you're fighting in couture, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, do y'all listen to the lyrics that y'all are rapping? <laughs> like, do you listen to what both artists actually are saying that they're about? Nicki Minaj, was it the Barbie Team song? She says, like... Uh, if if the B gets slick, I'll cut the B. I'll nunchuck the B. I'll do like all of this stuff. Like these are your lyrics, yo. So it's like, you know, she's just saying. But I feel like Nikki wasn't really. I don't feel like she's about that life like Cardi. How old is Nikki? Because I I just found out Cardi's twenty five. Yeah, she's like thirty seven. That's why I was telling my. I was like, yo, imagine being like thirty seven. Yeah, arguing with somebody that's like twenty four. What we arguing for? Like, yeah, it's just it's it's be it's below her, honestly, and beneath her rather i just don't understand why but i think it's that you know she's feeling like she's getting upstage and she's not really used to sharing the spotlight but that 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 just i don't know it just it's it's lame and it sucks and i think that what's that safari said it best safari was like no artist like what's wrong no artist on your level because you know give it to her Nicki minaj is like she was the it girl and the only girl in rap for forever. She has, you know, this crossover. She crossed over to did the pop thing. And then she came back and started, you know, doing like more traditional rap. Like she is that girl. You can't take anything away from her at the level that she's at and the amount of success that she's attained. To me, it baffles me that you are engaging in this type of of stuff and people will say because i you know see comments just to clarify people will be like oh well you know nikki ain't do nothing it was cardi was cardi but it's kind of like yo don't poke the bear that's that's why i kept thinking that, that was what my insta story was about like yo you can't poke the bear and then get mad when the bear don't respond the way that you have been responding like you used to kind of you said molly what's good right you you go mm-hmm. after people you go after mariah carey when she was and i actually forgot about that i saw like a video on instagram when she was on american idol and she was going back and forth with mariah carey she was like making threats like you don't know me i'll do this to you yada 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 to like mariah carey who obviously 
you know, says stuff. Do that. But yeah, she not finna like throw hands and fight. But you was big and bad against her, and now it's like, yo, when somebody literally says all this stuff that you've been saying that you would do, she actually here to do it. That's what she like. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Like, come here. And you like, I'm standing right here. And then I don't. I didn't listen to like the Queen Radio show today, but I listened to like clips. And she's basically saying like Cardi B is a pig and she she's making us look bad. And um, this is not the place you're fighting somebody in New York Fashion Week. You're in all these labels. And I'm kind of like, I just but what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like I get people saying like, oh, this is not the venue. But really, when is the venue for any of this stuff? Because it's also not. The <laughs> it's venue. never an appropriate time to fight. Yeah, it's like. Unless you're in a boxing ring. Exactly. It's really, it's really not. And it's like, it's also not the place for you to be talking about this lady or, you know, still trying to like bust jabs at her. You got an album out. Focus on your album. Only talk about your album. No, you're still talking about, well, I write all my raps and people record labels doing this and they doing this and this person ain't this and they they getting paid to be on top and all this other stuff. It's just kind of like, yo, one could also look at you and say your album release is not the time to talk about somebody else. But you obviously don't follow that. Like, it's just it, it was it's really it's annoying, but I was excited. I'm like, yo, people are starting to get it. I like listened to a uh, clip of the Breakfast Club and they were talking about it. Um, I didn't listen to like the whole show. It was only maybe like a couple, like a two minute clip or something like that. Um, that I saw on like my YouTube Explore page and uh, one like Charlemagne and both Charlemagne and Envy was just kind of like, did I like what Cardi did? No, but. Am I mad at Cardi? No. Do I think that it's not, you know, you, it, she got, Nikki got what was coming for her. It's like, yeah, yo, like you can't, you can't talk all these noise and talk all this noise. And I think that's really the, the social media age problem. Everybody has an opinion. Cool. Everybody want to share their opinion. Cool. But you want to share your opinion about somebody without consequences without consequences and it's not just like you're giving your thoughts on what happened you are specifically targeting this person over and over and over again and then you don't want there to be no consequences like come on yo like if we were on brunch culture every time and i'm always like lisa this and oh you know i don't like lisa and lisa ain't this and lisa ain't this if you got in my face and like threw a shoe at me, you know what I'm saying? Or approached mm-hmm. me to try to confront me. I can't be like, oh, this is not the place. We are at brunch. Fam. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You were. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just, it's, it's really. Sad. She didn't expect her to run up. She didn't expect what, what Drake said. They don't really be the same offline. They don't. <laughs> that's that's really it. They really don't. And all of this talk about apparently uh, one of one of my friends was telling me that her whole radio show. That's what she kept saying. She kept saying, you know, she's making us look bad. She did wrong. She's done this. She, you know, she's making all all black people and rap artists like look bad and look horrible. And these people that are outside are looking at us like, why are you even here? This is why we don't like to invite y'all. And while all of those things very well may be true, it's kind of like, but then that's that person's opinions or thoughts because 
they are doing something not her Charlemagne. He made the comment of like everybody in there is probably on some sort of drugs. There's so much drugs that's probably being done inside this event that is not even funny. And so it's like, truthfully it is like, we're so worried about what people outside of the black community are going to think about us. and like, Oh, yada, yada, yada. But also they will think that stuff by listening to your radio show. Where you yeah. curse people out and you call, you know, you talk about a baby. <laughs> like, you literally are talking about, like, Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner's kid. Like, oh, I got beef with her. And, like, Travis Scott ain't this. And he ain't, like, come on, fam. It's, it's yeah. The only the only good thing Nikki has done recently is donate the 25K to Godfrey Owens. Jeffrey Owens. Jeffrey, um, did uh, she really donate it to him though, or did she just say she was? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't have access to a checking account. She said she did. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know if she. I I heard that she said like she would, and then I saw her reply to a tweet where basically somebody said like, "This man is not. He has a job. He has a like. He's in between gigs. He's not poor. You know, he's not out there like." find something better to do with your money something like that and she ended up like replying to the person's tweet and kind of going in i don't really know if i could and i guess because the guy got on good morning american was like he doesn't want like sympathy work um because it's not like apparently he's like still been working like he actually apparently just recently i think like last year was like a part of a number of episodes of a show so it's kind of like the acting role. And I think people don't really get that about acting and actors in general. Like we have, especially black actors, we'll have people that'll have like their, their run where they're almost seemingly on everything. And then if they kind of fade out, they're still doing stuff. They're just not doing like mainstream stuff. A lot of times actors will go get into like writing and directing and stuff like that. And in Mm -hmm. his case, he's apparently done all that. He's produced, he's wrote, he's directed. Um, He, I think it was uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner was talking about it. And it was just like, he's extremely talented. People don't, realize like all of the things he did he actually i think did he graduated from did he graduate from like yale or something like that i don't like, know he, yeah jeffrey i think he i think it was yale that he said he graduated like he he graduated from yale he used to be a professor there so like he is he works it's just like that was he said trade working at uh trader joe's gave him the flexibility to still do auditions um and still make like some sort of income to like supplement income that was lost and like that was it like he was cool with it um but of course you know the general public which always annoys me if you're not like the number one popping artist now oh you fell off or you broke and it's kind of like most actors actually kind of work like unless you're like a quote-unquote a-list top star actress or actor that are that's always being asked to be a part of something. Jennifer Lewis, I uh, I did, did her book on audiobook, and it was interesting. She was saying before Blackish, she was trying, she was applying, I mean, aud- auditioning for stuff and not getting it, and she felt like I'm at a point in my career where I shouldn't have to audition this hard, but she did. Like she was at the point that she was gonna retire and give up. Like she was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm just gonna retire. I'm just gonna be done with it all. So it's like she, who now she is big. She has a book. She's on um, Blackish. She's doing all of this stuff again and like kind of in the forefront, mainstream light. And just a few years ago, she was 
not getting auditions and nobody was thinking about her. So it's like, that's kind of the cycle of what acting is. Like, it's kind of normal. But, of course, most people don't take the time to think about that or consider it. And you just got to be broke and fell off because you're working at Trader Joe's. Meanwhile, you got a regular job, too, probably at Taco Bell. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the lady that took the picture, this was the thing that got me, which I didn't know. And I actually just found out a few days ago. The lady that apparently took the picture, her wife works at the Trader Joe's. Mm. <laughs> so it's kind of like she and her wife what is like a, yeah, she's like a security guard at the Trader Joe's. So it's kind of like, well, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I guess you thought posting this, you were trying to like make a funny, obviously. Cause she was like, well, I didn't think it would catch on. You literally sent it to people and apparently sent it to like, uh, blog outlets like wow. she didn't just send it to like her friend she sent it to like blog outlets and so that they can comment on it obviously they're gonna make like a negative comment so you're trying to pick on somebody that work at trader joe's but your wife works there <laughs> like if it's such a like bottom feeder job fam it's feeding your family too like what i don't <laughs> no people just don't make sense it doesn't make sense. You know what did make sense? What's the that? length of Aretha Franklin's funeral. Yo. I just didn't understand. I started. Now, I knew at 10 when it didn't start on time. I was like, man, this thing started an hour late. Wait, so it legit didn't start on time for real? Because I remember that was kind yeah. of a running joke. Like, y'all know it's not going to start on time. Yeah, it started at 11 Dang. and it, it was supposed to start at 10. Wow. And I'm just like, guys, what's happening? And then it was just long for no reason. Like, everybody wanted to say something. People weren't saying in the parameters of time. I think Bishop Jakes was supposed to read a scripture. He did, like, a mini sermon. It was just... I, that's why I honestly didn't watch it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't watch it. I, I low-key refused. I just was not going to... When they started saying all of those, like, they were like, oh, it's going to be Faith Hill and it's going to be Fantasia. I heard. Um, they was like, it's going to be Faith Hill and Fantasia and Jennifer Hudson. When they said those two, I was like, oh, this is funeral is going to take forever. And it was like, oh, it's going to be like a six hour service, which to me is insane. Was Whitney Houston's what, like four hours? I remember I, I remember Whitney Houston's was really long. And I tr called myself trying to watch that. And then I was just at some point I was like, I was at my, I remember being at my friend's house and I was like, could you cut this off? They were like, oh no, we got, and I was just like, I just, to me, funerals should not be that long. Like think about. Two hours at the max. Two hours at the max. Two hours is, that's, and that's way too long for me. I, I just, I just feel like, yo, being that, I remember like when my dad passed away. And we're sitting on the front row in this box, this casket that is holding your parent is sitting in your face. And you just keep thinking, like, I'm never going to see you again. I am never going to see you again. But you're right here in this box. But I'm never going to see you again. Like that to me, that's torture. Like, and I get it. I get, you know, why we have funerals. I get remembering people. I get the importance of eulogizing them. I get kind of like having a moment or a ceremony where we can say like our final goodbyes um, on this side. And I also get like the celebration of life. That's cool. 
Fam, I don't want to sit here in front of my dead, deceased loved one's body for two. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine like six hours of doing that. And it was eight hours. hours. Eight hours. Like, I can't. That's a whole work day. Work day. Yeah, that is a whole I don't understand. Work it's a whole day. work day. Yeah, that's a whole work day of me sitting there literally listen to all of these people like and that's cool like i get it i really get it i get there's never enough time you know because you have so many people especially aretha franklin she's touched so many people inspired so many people like i get it but i don't know i would prefer you to have like a memorial service maybe like the day before and so that's the thing they had a tribute concert so i don't understand why we had See, to do this that, no, no. Uh, it is too much <laughs> now it is too much <laughs> now we're really getting this is really getting out of control had no idea they had they had an actual concert too yeah they had the night before they had that wow. so i'm like why did you have to do this now like I guess because of TV, it, I don't, I don't know. But again, I it was just everything. The eulogy was too much. The I tell you what, what made me laugh. Bill Clinton lit up like a Christmas tree when Ariana, when Ariana Grande, Grande. No, they all did. They all did. But Bill, he was the most obvious one. Everybody else was trying to kind of hold it together. He like was like, yo. I said, Bill, <laughs> the camera's looking right at you, bro. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> he was like, he was tired, and then he just, <laughs> like, a cup of coffee, he it's got it right actually there. not, really. It's not, I'm sorry for that, because it's really not funny. It's actually kind of sad. I did feel like, because I actually made a joke. I said it to my <laughs> friends and was like, when you didn't grow up in the church, so nobody never told you that you... A not supposed to wear this dress, and if you did, and B if you did, you need to have a prayer cloth, <laughs> like because it just wasn't like it. Literally, the dress looked like it, it was for like cocktail hour, and I'm not even like, you know, I'm definitely a, a very much more liberal person. Like I'm all for you know, do do your thing, do what makes you comfortable. I think though that there's certain spaces or certain times where it's kind of like, hey, we're gonna respect kind of like what the tradition is or what this is. Um, and I think for me, it was just a little, not even so much of like, oh, this is going to be, I don't want to say not so much, nothing to do with like, oh, this is going to be distracting to the men. Like, it's not even about that. It's like, hey, this in general is kind of out of like normal, what is kind of standard form. You doing this is going to draw way more attention to you than while you're here and the person you're celebrating. So like, let's just not do this all together. However, I do recognize she probably I don't know. I can just assume she's she's Italian. Maybe she doesn't understand. I can't do that. I would say maybe she doesn't understand kind of that that culture. But I I don't believe like Italians are coming to uh, (laughs) coming to weddings and like those type of those type of dresses. However, no matter (laughs) what, though, like I still don't feel like the type of treatment that she received. What was the uh, the the pastor that Bishop Ellis? Yeah, that like grabbed her breast and Mm -hmm. then made a comment about he thought her he saw her name and thought she was something that was going to be on the Taco Bell menu like that was just 
That was trash. That was I was really annoyed. Like somebody told me it and was laughing, and it was like you didn't think that was funny. I was like I didn't think it was funny at all, actually. It was very inappropriate. Yeah, and I, was I think like, it's extremely what? inappropriate. Like why are we doing this? Yeah, why? that doesn't. And they're like, oh, well, he's trying to make. I saw people online were saying, well, he's trying to make, you know, jokes, and it's kind of hard. He apparently, I guess, was like the host of the funeral, which I had never heard of. He was like, like the, I guess the mainstay that's kind of. Mm-hmm. keeping everybody the, going yeah the like MC. the mc have a funeral this is a little weird for me but anyway um but it's like i guess that was his role but i just i don't know that making fun of especially when it's somebody you don't personally know and this event is not like a comedy event so maybe if this was like roasting ariana grande cool maybe i can get it but this is like aretha franklin's funeral Mm-hmm. How you thought making fun of somebody's name that you don't even know is funny? I, yeah, it's not bad. Not funny at all. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Why he did that, and <sighs> it was just it was too long. Gosh, it was so yeah, long. I, I I didn't even start watching it though. Like, and I, the singing wasn't even really good. Jennifer, she's. You know, always amazing. Fantasia did good, but everybody else, I was the Clark sisters did good. But Faith, I was expecting more from Faith, and I was like, did all these black people scare her, or was she nervous? It was just she didn't look like herself. Yeah, so. I, I don't even the clips that I saw of everybody. I think the only person that I kind of thought was good i didn't even think fantasia was good honestly and i love fantasia but i don't like when people out i love when people are like really like powerful singers and they build up to that point and they i guess start I at 10. yeah they don't start at 10 and i guess i always kind of give jennifer hudson a pass because that's usually what she does but like fantasia it's always so beautiful to me when she just like builds up to that. So she'll sing like regular and get you in. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be so cool. But then like towards the end, it's like, this is the finale. She started out the gate and I was just like, it feels more of like you're performing. Mm-hmm. And I guess you are. And but, not paying tribute. Yeah. But you're not really paying tribute. And I think I've seen her. Um, I think it was what, like Patty LaBelle where she, it was really like, I want to feel this song in this moment. I want to like, you know, try to, I'm singing, but I really want you to get, get how much I care about you and how much I, I feel this and the lyrics of this song. Not, I'm just like, yeah, like, it's like, stop. it's just not, uh, I don't know. And then I'm still trying to figure out all together though, like Ariana Grande, like, why she how she got on this you know who would have been mad at her outfit Juanita Bynum (laughs) (laughs) they should have did a split screen I think somebody did do one I saw it online Cause she gonna be talking, that was remember she was talking about they don't have they uh no panties on and they slip it over they slip they dress up over in the corner with the deacon like what what is happening lady she probably would have she was I was gonna say she was rolling up in her grave but she's still alive gosh I done put this lady in the grave she. <laughs> 
Lord, forgive me. But um, yeah, she would have been. She was watching it. She probably was cursing as she was seeing it. She was like, "This can't be real." Yeah, it's, yeah. And she said, "That's what I'm talking about." When she saw Bill's face light up, that's what she be talking about. <laughs> that's what she be talking about. Well, I need to find him. I forgot all about that video. I could definitely see. I'm actually surprised that wasn't a thing that went viral. Um, cause I would have, yeah, it was when I saw Ariana Grande walking up, I was like, no, Ariana. Cause no, like, she, it was talk like, about it. like, if she looks, uh, bent over, like her whole backside would be out. It's yeah. just, it was like, it was a lot. It just it seemed like, like it was more of like, it was like a cocktail dress. Like it was like, Hey, we're going to like a, a nice like cocktail party. And I don't know. I just, I, and again, from the step just for me from the standpoint of like this is going to draw more attention to you than why you're here just you know not do it but she also is ariana grande is what like 22 or something like that i don't know but still like, though it's a style i blame the stylist yeah well, I, oh you know what that's true say yeah, that's true though. I didn't even think about that. Like she probably was dressed by a stylist who I'm I can only imagine it's like so far removed or probably looked at it more as like a performance mm-hmm. as opposed to like this is a funeral. Because I feel like kinda Maybe she was going somewhere after and she didn't have time to change. Let's say that. <laughs> Ah, no, because that, that still don't fly. I, I, I almost <laughs> I feel like the only pass that I can give is that we all have, you know, we were raised in church. So we all have this idea of like, you know, let's not do certain things or certain things are going to cause more problems than is worth. So let's just not do it. Right. And in this moment, I think that's kind of what we all approached it. Because even like I saw um, I was on Twitter and I saw some women say like, you know, honestly, that doesn't excuse like, you know, them like looking at her like a piece of meat or her being groped or somebody making an inappropriate comment about her. Like none of that, all of that shouldn't have happened no matter what she had on. And it probably would have happened no matter what she had on anyway. Like no matter what she did, they would have just saw this young tender stand up there and be like, ooh, we want this one. What was interesting is was it you said his name was uh, Ellis. Yeah, he, yeah. He ended up having a. Uh, there was a side by side. I guess there was some older lady that came up there, and he like put his hand around her, but he was like grabbing her arm. He like had mm-hmm. his hand around her arm, and it's like, but when Ariana Grande came up there, you like grabbed her breast. But anyway, I've seen other like I was seeing on Twitter like other like women were saying, hey, you know, this isn't. It's not even if you just ignoring the fact of like the effect that it had on men, it really was just kind of like, this is going to cause more conversations about who you are. Um, and it's just not kind of appropriate for the setting. I think they compared it to there's some other like, um, ceremony. I think that like that, uh, isn't that Jewish people follow. And they said like, uh, you, bar mitzvah. maybe I don't think it was a bar mitzvah. Cause I'm familiar with that, but it was something, and anyway, they were like, hey, you wouldn't wear that to that setting simply just because, hey, it's not like in this space at this type of ceremony, there's a certain like style of dress that people follow, and it, that's not one of them. So, I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like yeah. Ariana Grande has a, she has a nice voice. I still don't understand why she was invited. And when I heard her the clip of her singing, I was like... Yeah, everything sounds way louder than her. I don't know why we did this. 
this seems like somebody manager was like, this would be a good look for her to sing at the Queen of Soul because she's like, I guess, the new poppin' it girl singer. And so it'll make sense. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say about her clothes. But you know, I'm thankful for Nike, though. Shout out to Nike, right? For coming through with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. There's always a ram in the bush. And apparently they had already been coming through, though. I didn't know. Oh, and I, guess we didn't I didn't know, know that. Yeah, we thought that it was like they had just, you know, did this. But apparently, um, I, I read that he had already had a contract with them. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was in talks of getting another contract and they still in the midst of all of this, they still continue to he was still getting paid through Nike, like through the Uh... entire time, which I was like, now that to me, that was the more impressive part because I almost felt like and I think Jeff Johnson actually broke it down. He was like, you know, if you look at these other brands, your Pumas, they have like Rihanna, Adidas has some other celebrity um Reebok has somebody and it's like all of these brands they have people that are like a part of the the culture and they're like impacting culture but Nike doesn't have I mean they have like Serena Williams and stuff like that but they don't have anybody that's kind of a part of like that social media culture pushing things for them and so he was like as an it's still amazing but this was a an opportunity for nike to become a part of that to kind of get a piece of that social media pop culture um pie if you will and support and i was like that's true and i can actually see it because obviously you know no company's gonna do anything that's gonna like make them in so i knew from a financial standpoint they would be good never question that they'd be fine but to me the fact that they were still honoring a contract even when the controversy happened he was still getting money from a contract that he had with them while he wasn't working to me that's what was amazing i was like yo now if this is true and this is the case that's kudos to nike because it's kind of like yo really you don't know you don't know what's happening he's not a part of a team he actually is making this huge bold statement and before it you kind of know that this is going to be something that is going to continue to get him support from all of these other people. You didn't say, you know what, we're going to end, we're going to end your contract. Cause I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were like, Hey, we're going to end this contract or we don't want any dealings because of this. Like I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's of course they don't because they're trying to worry about, you know, the backlash, but they apparently were still supporting him, which is pretty dope. Come through Nike. Come through. Nike. I got some Nikes. I'm proud to wear. Yeah, I actually went to the Nike store today. Uh, I went to the Nike outlet because I'm cheap. But I went to the Nike outlet to try to find some. And yeah, I didn't have any. <laughs> they didn't have anything that I wanted. Like, the outlet was pretty bad. But it's I'll probably go to be desired. And people was burning their stuff. But like Kev on stage said, the people who burn the Nike stuff are buying the stuff probably. That's you get at the Nike, you get at Ross. Because <laughs> the, it's not the, like, I feel like black people really kind of keep Nike on the map. And so but it the was, people who was burning it, it's, it's like the bottom of the barrel Nike stuff. But it's so it's dumb. It's like the new Nike. 
because you already bought it. You already paid for it. it. Like, yeah, so it's like, you burden it. You're not taking any money from them. You know, like, it's not like, I'm going to show Nike. I'm going to burn it. You're burning your stuff. It's yours now. I sold it. I was selling it. You purchased it. You have ownership. When when boycotts go wrong. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you're hurting yourself. Not anybody else. Like... What are you the the logic? The logic, like it's not like you were like, oh, I'm gonna run up to the the Nike store and I'm gonna burn everything Nike got. Like, not saying that anybody needs to do it, but it would make sense. Like you're doing something to actively stop or harm them. Even if you're like, I'm just gonna boycott and never purchase again. That is something that will actively impact them. Burning the shoes in my closet. Who cares? Like, <sighs> it's it's interesting. Crazy. So y'all let us crazy. <laughs> let us know what y'all think about most of that orange juice. We'll be back with our main dish. Well, we're back with our main dish. Today's main dish uh, comes from us just scrolling down social media again, which so many of our main dish comes from social right. media. Right. <laughs> like, what we, what did we do before social media? I don't even know. I, I can't even think beyond. Actually, we had to go look for content, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't even think, like, what happened? What was going on before 2005? How did I occupy my time? It's just all a blur now with social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you do Snapchat, I still don't know how to work that. But um, (laughs) you said what? I said neither do I. Oh, okay. Are you still on Snapchat? I have one, but I can't tell you the last time that I've logged on it or used it. I don't know. Snapchat sounds like 12 or 12 is for 12 year old children to me. And that's why I'm like, I don't need to be on it. Yeah. You know what? I think I still have a MySpace page. I need to check that. Still open. I don't know, but anyway, that's not here nor there. (laughs) Today we're talking about imposters, Um, the imposter syndrome. Not imposters, actually, imposter syndrome. Uh, I was scrolling through social media, and there was this video. I think it's by TEDx, and Mm -hmm. it was talking about like the imposter syndrome and I had never heard of that before and they opened up like talking about like Einstein and, and it was Maya Angelou who mm-hmm. just never thought they were good enough and mm-hmm. it's just amazing to me because it's like these people that you admire and it's like they never thought that they were good enough they never thought that you know and I feel that in myself sometimes it's mm-hmm. like man I'm doing cool things but it's like man there's people way more qualified to do it and it's, so you almost feel like you're not supposed to be doing it or somebody else should be doing it right but it's like nobody ever is really enough to do the things they are allowed to do right um and if you even some people like um that are i was thinking about like they i, re, I was reading one statistic or a teacher said I think it was in grad school that the students that do the best are the sometimes the C students and not the A students. Mm-hmm. Um, because C students, I guess, have learned to deal without a kind of perfectionist mindset. So they kind of just do stuff 
versus A students sometimes are perfectionists, so it hinders them from doing stuff. And so mm. they never do the extraordinary thing. Mm. Um, and then you look at George W., who said he was a C student all his life and <laughs> was president of the United States, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, so there's all these kinds of things um, within us to, to, um, to sometimes make us feel like we're imposters or we shouldn't be where we are. And, you know, I I don't think with anything I'm doing that I should be doing it. Uh, it's definitely by the grace of God. But, right. <laughs> you know, it, in quiet moments, I'm like, dang, well, shouldn't somebody else be doing that? Right. Um, yeah. So this imposter syndrome, it, it was the video was like, oh, yeah, I feel like that. And it was good to know other people felt like that as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when you, uh, you tagged me in a video and, and I saw it and it was interesting because I actually thought I had a conversation with you about it because I was like, wait, literally two weeks ago, I was talking to my therapist about this. Um, my therapist actually introduced me to it. I had never heard about it before talking to my therapist about it, um, but before her bringing it up. And it's interesting, I think probably kind of like the biggest part of the imposter syndrome in general. And that's why I was really excited to see a video about it is that so many of us experience it. So many of us millennials experience it, especially us that are coming from like um, we're new to the middle class or we're new to like entrepreneurship or being like a business owner, um, being like in a creative space where you're not only creating just for yourself, but you're creating and putting that content out there for the world to share. Like there's so many there's so often um, that we do things and we experience things and you have that that imposter syndrome. Um, mm -hmm. And what's interesting, too, is kind of like we have language for it because. I always felt and I always thought that was like um, evidence of my self-esteem not being high enough. Um, me needing to work hard to try to like boost, you know, my self-esteem up and my ability to believe in myself to some new level and not understanding or recognizing that, hey, it's not it really has nothing to do with my self-esteem, but it's really just kind of like the circumstances that got me here. And it's kind of the environment that I'm in. Um, one of the things that I guess for me that always hits home is kind of being, and I know you can like relate to it too, being the young person that is a decision maker. And so mm -hmm. uh, here I am making decisions, not only for myself, but for other people, you know, I have people that I'm responsible for and people that, <laughs> I have to, you know, lead and guide in in multiple ways and all of these things that are happening. And I'm the youngest person that's doing it. And honestly, working with people that have been in the in the field <laughs> since before you were born um, mm -hmm. and having to be not, you know, you're not a subordinate to them. You're a peer. Um, and in some cases you are their superior. And so having to like navigate that space and like what that means, how that works. And it can bring up this sense of like, wait, am I good enough to do this? Am I qualified to do this? Should I be here? And you kind of miss the, the fact that you've, this is what you've been working for. You went to college for this. Um, and not only in, 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 did you go to college? And this is something that I, I remember kind of arriving at this point. I was like involved, heavily involved on campus in college. And so I wasn't doing that 
I mean, a part of it's arguable, but I wasn't doing that for like just something to do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like most people aren't doing that for just something to do. You're doing it for the experience. You're getting true leadership experience. So you're having to organize and put on events. You're having to like read over contracts and and you know come up with agreements work with different personalities of people uh, try to do things that are going to be appealing to the masses and you're kind of going through all of that stuff and doing it and then those skill set that those skills that you learned there they still apply now so while like yeah I'm younger than you or I don't have as much experience in this like career compared to you but I do have like you know, 10 plus years at this point of experience because I've been doing these types of things, you know, from organizations in college, post-college, like from volunteer organizations, amongst my family, all of these things. And I think we kind of forget that um, or just don't even realize it too. Because again, for me, having the language and having, being able to identify specifically. So this is what it is. It's the imposter experience or it's the imposter syndrome. Um, I think the difference I was kind of reading and I think the difference, the experience is kind of like I experienced it one time. The syndrome is like if it's a reoccurring thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think people, I don't know if it's really defined of how to use it um, or what's proper, but I felt, I think I read or I did read that like that's kind of how people like separate it was like one is like oh I experienced this in this moment and others like well I have the syndrome because I'm constantly seeing myself um feel that way which I can even myself admit like that is definitely it's something I like deal with often um I'm always so focused a lot of times on I want to be successful and I want to get there and I want to grind to get there grind to get there And sometimes like I'll be in a space like where I am in a career now. And it's kind of like, huh, this is me for real, huh? (laughs) Wait, like, and it's kind of being in certain, certain spaces where you start like giving, giving, giving uh, knowledge or, you know, making decisions and being like, no, this doesn't make any sense. And like arguing your point again with somebody that's like, I started in, in leadership 30 years ago, 25 years ago. And you're like, oh, well, I was like mm-hmm. not even in school. I was still like mm-hmm. running around, you know, being a kid. Like, what does that even mean? So I think it's something that's really universal, though, to all of us. Like we all experience a lot. Um, and I was really excited to see that we're starting to talk about that thing because it's freeing. Being able to have the language and have um, being able to identify what it is. I just think it always helps. Yeah. You know, when you talk about like dealing with people that are older, you know, one of the things I'm working through now is that being in the South, being from the South, this like, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm doing that. And I'm like, but Lisa, like you're you have like these people on your level in a sense of basically I'm not saying I'm saying that y'all both own organizations. Right. Y'all are coming into this space as equals. Like you're undercutting yourself by always saying these terms. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's like so hard not to. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like ingrained in your mind. Like if I see an older person, I have to say yes, sir. Yeah. I have to say yes, ma'am. I have to say. And it's like now I have to retrain my mind and it's so hard. 
Yeah. And it's so crazy because I remember um, I used to get frustrated at my friend who's in politics when she was talking to older people. I was like, why are you not saying yes, sir? Yes, ma'am. And it was like, I thought it was crazy. Mm-hmm. But she understood that she was in a different space. Right. And that was no longer what she needed to do. And she was talking to them like they were her equals. And I'm like, you can't talk to them like that. And it's like... Yes, you can. You ha- yeah, not in all, not only you can, but you have to. Yeah. Um, so it's like, man, I have to train my mind. Like that's a part of the imposter like syndrome because you're like, I'm not supposed to be your equal. Right. In a sense. Right. I'm not supposed to be occupying this space where I can <laughs> address you like you're a peer because you know you have you have some years on me. And in the South, we're trained that way. I remember this guy to that point. I remember. Um, this guy, and I feel really bad because I can't, I can't remember his name, but I need to ask my friend. So this guy, he was like the CFO of this nonprofit that my friend was working at. And, um, <clears throat> I was just starting out in my, in like, obviously in the career, just like starting out post undergrad. And, um, they were, he was talking to me and he was like, you know, man, you can, you got, you're really smart. You got your accounting degree. Like it's, you can be a C, a CFO tomorrow. And I was like, no, I got to get like some years of experience. And he was like, you know, just as much as I know, you don't have as much experience, but with the internet, you can find out just as much as I can. And when you start networking and making connections with other people that are in spaces, you really can do the same thing that I'm doing. And I'm like, wow, was interesting as I used to always address him as like, sir, like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. And we mm-hmm. were at this event that I was volunteering for. And I said it and he was like, stop that. And like, it was very like direct and like to the point there was this black, he's a black guy too. And he was like, stop that, that, that is going to hinder your career. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you always refer to me as sir. And he was like, until this point, it never bothered me. But we're in this space where you're volunteering and you're leading this part. I'm coming to help you on this part. And you're still referring to me as sir. He was like, mm. I get it. And I understand why you do it. But you're going to get around some people and they're going to always look at you as a subordinate, as the young one, as the one that needs to be coddled. And it was like my next job. I started to see how it acted because I still I would try to be mindful of it. But, you know, it's in the South. It's really hard. Like that's everybody does it. So I kept saying like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I remember having a conversation. This one lady was like, how do you like 21? She was like, you still such a baby. And I was like. Actually, twenty seven. <laughs> like, I'm not. I think at the time I was like twenty six or twenty seven. I was like, I'm really not a baby. And she was like, Your mama still help you out with? I was like, My mom has never helped me out with my bills. Help me understand my bills. Help me. I've done this all myself. And I was like, But it's because I refer to her as ma'am, and kind of in that like respectful. If you talk, I'm gonna like let you talk. You know, I'm gonna take a step back. Like that whole thing happens and you kind of get to they kind of you kind of get they lose you in that space and then you start to feel like I can't be this way and I think to the point of just all of that in general I think when you have that imposter syndrome or that imposter experience if you don't conduct it 
in a in in the proper way, it can start to impact the people that are around you. And I think people can start to sense that too. Like if you don't feel sure of who you are, sure of why you're in a, a space or why your work is good or what you bring to the table is enough. Other people will sense that and, you know, they'll respond accordingly. Um, the video mentioned when they were talking about uh, Maya Angelou and Einstein, I think at some point in time, the video said something like the imposter syndrome actually stopped so many people from believing that, like, what they have to offer their creativity or or whatever it is that they're bringing to the table, even from a career standpoint, they won't go after it or they won't do it because they feel like they can't be good enough and they're not the one to do it. And as soon as it said, as soon as I like heard that in the video, it resonated me with me again, because there's so many times I always tell you, like one of the things I love about you is that you're just like, Oh, I'm just going to go and do it. And I remember even from the standpoint of like a podcast, you're just like ready to go do it. And I'm kind of like, no, we got to like try and we got to, you know, do like a test group of five people and then do a test group of 10 and then change it to 20 and then change that to 30. Like literally all of this stuff to try to build to me credibility to be able to do this when literally if you take that approach, you have people that just won't believe you because it's like, oh, well, you're not credible for it. You know, like I don't know why you're doing this like you can't do it as opposed to somebody that's like i may not have the experience but i'll get the experience when i go like i'm gonna believe in it so i think the imposter syndrome too like if you're not careful it can impact how other people feel and treat you as well you know Mm -hmm. because it's like you'll never be like i hate saying i'm talking about what i'm gonna do and never do it yeah yeah. So it's like if I say I'm going to do it, that gives me the accountability to make it happen. Right. Because it annoys me to say I'm going to do something and I and I don't do it. Like it's like this event we just had was a major event. When I told one person, I knew that I had to see it through to completion. Yeah. Because I just was like, I already put that out there. And I can't put stuff out there that I'm not willing to complete because people are going to think you're a, you know, the the millennial stereotype. Yeah. We just talk a good game. We don't complete anything. And so it's like when I put that out there, I have to complete it because I don't want anybody saying about me that Lisa's a, a talker but not a doer. Yeah. I want you to know that when I say stuff, it's going to get done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting, too. Um, and and the the video mentioned um ways to kind of combat the imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. saying like there's no you know there's there's no like definite way to get over it but one of the, the two of the things that help is first off a being to identify that feeling and being able to put a name name to it um i think as with anything when you can name something and specifically identify it it's kind of like the first step of like, hey, I'm on I'm on the course of being able to to represent this because I can really call it for what it is. So I know this feeling and this feeling is very familiar with me. I mean, familiar to me, but as opposed to like myself thinking like, oh, I need to work on my self-esteem. It's like I'm outside of this moment and this feeling, you know, my self-esteem is good. Like I'm, I'm happy with who I am. I'm proud of who I am, but for whatever reason, this thing happened and I'm like, Oh, it's my self-esteem. But it's like, 
I can do all of these things to work on my self-esteem and I'm still not addressing that. So the first thing is we can we can identify it. Um, and then the second thing is being able to talk about it, which I think that's why I was really glad that you, you tagged me in it and we decided to have the discussion because I think for so many people, there is this, I don't know... You don't you don't know how to to address it. Right. And you feel mm-hmm. like you're the only one, which is another thing that the video um, talk the mention was so many people experiences, particularly people from like my, the minority community. Um, anybody that is not when you're in a space or you're doing something where you're not highly represented. So it's like your your community whatever that community is, is underrepresented. It's very easy for you to feel like an imposter because you look around and you don't see people like you. Um, Mm -hmm. You look around and you don't know, like if you didn't go through the traditional, and even if you went through the traditional like training, if you haven't thought or been told or been affirmed in a way, like for overextended period of time, like your whole life, you won't really know um, how you you won't really feel comfortable if you will. You'll start to feel like, do I really belong here? Like, am I good enough? Because you'll see people that have had a history of insert, like everything. I used to always feel that way about, you know, people coming from like educated families or families that have, you know, money, if you will. And not even like crazy Mm -hmm. loads of money, but just like middle-class people. I used to always feel like, Oh gosh, this is so weird because how is it that you had all of this like experience or you have people that kind of have given you all these gems and I'm not coming from that space. And like, I'm kind of on the same level as you, but am I really like, should I really be here? Like you have to be smarter than me type thing, or you have to know more as opposed to just being like, ah, no, that's it. But I think the thing, it helps. It helps to be able to talk about it. It helps to be able to address that and say like, I felt this way and identify those things that happened that kind of made you feel that way. So then when they happen again, you can recognize it and be like, oh, well, I can't think that because of whatever, or I've gone to school for insert how many years what like i think got my last degree at like 27 was it 27 or 26 so it's like yo for like 26 years of my life i've been in some form of learning that's a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that is a long time to be like in a formal learning setting um and to feel that you're not qualified how do you get there you know what i mean like no, mm-hmm. that's that's a you shouldn't feel that way. And when you do feel that way, you got to you got to work on it to to get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. See, so y'all tell us what y'all think about this main dish. Uh, do you feel like an imposter? Do you in a, identify with imposter syndrome? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Hashtag chat BC. All right. We'll be back with our toast or roast. <laughs> All right, y'all, and we're back, and it is time for our toast or roast, and I'm going to kick it off, and I'm going to kind of toast slash roast the show Power. Um, If you guys haven't, wait, did you watch the last episode of Power? So I've missed the last two seasons of Power. Oh, okay, so I can spoil it, and it won't be bad. Yeah. I'm, okay, all right, I, cool, cool, cool. I'm taking too long. So this is a spoiler spoiler alert. If you have not watched the last episode, the season finale of Power, 
skip for a few minutes um, <laughs> <laughs> to watch. To, yeah, because I'm about to really, really spoil it for you. Anyway, so I'm going to toast to the show power because obviously, you know, it's five seasons in and it's still keep it's still interesting and it still feels authentically interesting to me. Um, I don't feel like it's at a place where they're like jumping through hoops and bounds to really try to like make the show interesting. It kind of feels naturally interesting on its own. Um, I don't really know how much longer that can last after this season because so many like very major people um, are a dying or b being like, it seems like they're dying. Um, and so I just want to toast to the show. Cause I think it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's definitely a good show. It's good acting. Um, seeing Lala actually, and I kept commenting on her last night when I watched it, seeing her from the first season to now. And even when Lala was just like acting and other stuff, like she has come a long way, big ups to Lala. It actually feels like she's an actress now. She's like believable. Her role is believable. Her like voice inflections and just her overall, like just as an actress, like it's your whole body that's engaged in it. And it all feels, you know, really believable, authentic and truthful. And so I think that's amazing. I'm going to roast really Tommy and everybody, all of the characters in this show. Right. Because, <laughs> I just don't, if we meet together as a team and we say, as a team, here's our goal, here's our plan, here's what we are going to do. Under no circumstances should you believe, be influenced by, or consider anything that happened outside of what the team said. And I think, I was like, you know what, this is why I could never be a part of like crime, like organized crime like this, because people always are able to infiltrate you based on like this person told this person that, and they just believe it and take it face value. And what really happens is I think people are just believing this sense of, I already had that feeling. And so you just corroborated the feeling, but it's like, you never stop and think, what is this person's motive? What if this person is just really trying to do this to set me up? You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're in this thing together, like if you and I are going to commit a crime together and we say, hey, look, we're going to do this and we're going to stick to the plan. We're going to stick to the story. We're never going to deviate from it. Like, I just got to believe that. Right. Like you just got to blindly just continue to believe that. Otherwise, why are you committing a crime with this person? So every last one of the characters, Ghost, Tasha, Angela, Tommy, all of y'all are like, insane actually maybe not even so much angela no angela because she was influenced by it too never mind um all of them actually it's just like what was the point of making this pact to help each other out as a team if you're just gonna believe what a cop told you anyway or or you guys are actually like somebody from that's out to get y'all and you know they're out to get y'all. They tell you something and you just follow what they believe anyway. Like, even if they show you some sort of evidence, it's really stupid. Like, it does not make any sense whatsoever. I don't get it. But I'm roasting Tommy also because Tommy shot Angela. That blew my mind. And it blew my mind just because you're trying. This is the woman that is connected to the feds. That's really your inside. Like she has all the information. You're getting all the information from her and you shoot her. If she dies, you really going to go to jail. Like you don't think they're going to know that you shot her. Like 
Tommy and Tasha, I just, I don't feel like they're thinking as characters. I get the show. I can tell when I really like a show because I get really like annoyed with it. I was literally watching that show yesterday like, what are y'all doing? What are you doing? No, why are you doing it? Like, I'm that guy. I was really, really annoyed by the show. But I guess that's, you know, it's proof that it's actually a good show. So, we're going to roast all the characters on power, but I'm definitely going to give a toast to power. And if you guys have not seen it, although I just gave you like kind of like the cliffhanger, um, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. This season was pretty good. This, the series as a whole is pretty good. And the definitely the last episode was good. And I'm waiting for season six. And Stars is trying to get us by saying they're going to show clips or behind the scenes from season six in three weeks. They're really just trying to get another, another month of subscription. But that's okay. I'm going to wait. <laughs> Do you pause your subscription for the uh, season? Yeah. You just pay for the subscription just for the season. And then when power is over, you're done. I'm mad because I'm mad. At, I'm legit mad at Stars. They canceled Survivor's Remorse. Yeah. Like, now, that was a good show. And they didn't they didn't complete that. And they didn't the complete it. Episode. Yeah. They completely rushed it. I just... So, the reason to pay for stars, for me, was Power and Survivor's Remorse. They, for whatever reasons, canceled Survivor's Remorse. It was the number two uh, highest rated show on their network. And they canceled it, assuming because they just felt like it should have been better. And I feel like it was really building. But I, after that, I was like, okay, so there's no reason for me to watch this. And then if power goes off or when power is not in season, there's really no need for me to have this. Because everything else they have, I can watch on Hulu and Netflix. So, yep, no. <laughs> so, y'all, I'm going to toast Insecure. Now, Insecure this season has been building um, it hasn't been like I was telling Randall before we got on air. It hasn't been really to me amazing. Right. Like it's been like mm, steady six, seven out of ten. It's like right. watchable because you like it, but it's like not like bringing it. But this last episode brought all the feels. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was shocking, and uh, Kelly stole the show. She always does. Kelly, She's amazing. Yeah, she is hilarious. When she got tased, peed on herself, and said, remember me different? Laughing. <laughs> when she had the edible, she was talking to herself. It's just um, hilarious. Um, the end when Lawrence came. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, I spoiled it for you. I spoiled it for my friend last night, so I thought he was watching Dang. it with I thought he was watching it live. I texted him. I said, can you believe Lawrence is back? He was mad at me today because he was like, I, I hadn't seen it. And you text me. Yeah. So you got it. Cause that kind of stuff, like when it's that big, you got to say like, can you believe insecure to kind of see what they know? Cause if you just say, he you... always watches it like, yeah, at the... no. and I was like, I'd have been mad at you too. I would have been pretty pissed. I probably would have blocked you for like get... two days. <laughs> I was like, had you watched it live? Because I tagged you too. No, I don't watch it live. I never watch it live. Oh, yeah. okay. And I Vanna posted it. Yeah, I never I don't I never watch it live, but specifically I try not to get on social media on Sunday night 
if I don't watch it because I know everybody's going to tag, like talk about it or tag me in something or so I try not to like get on there. And I just so happened not to get on there because I pro- it probably would have been spoiled for me, too, had I got on uh, social media. and so. Yeah, because I tagged you. Yeah, but I usually yeah. watch it like an hour after it, after it comes out. Like I have oh, HBO okay. on my phone, but I'm never really like. I'm always doing something else. And then I'll be like, oh, I got to watch Insecure before I go to bed. And it's only 30 minutes. Although last last night was like an hour, right? No, it was only 30 minutes. Really? Which I don't understand why this show is so short. Yes, yeah, that's, that's so I, that bothers me. It so annoys me. I don't really. And then at the end of the last season, when they had that extended show, they it was due north. Was that due north or was yeah, that? Yeah, it, it, they had like the extended part was like them showing like outtakes or something like that from the, the yeah, little slavery show. Yeah, because so, so is due north on that one or is it on Dear White People? Because don't they have a show that's yeah? No, I think it's, I think due north is on is on Insecure, and I say that because I okay. don't watch Dear White People. And oh, you don't? Yeah, no, I. I could okay. never really get into the first season. Um, the oh. first season, it was basically I felt like I was watching a movie again, but they're supposed to be adding like backstory context. But I'm I'm kind of one of those people that if somebody plays a character, I want to see that person be that character, and I don't want like no knockoffs. And I was always like these knockoff characters, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> so I just I never oh. made it past like the second episode, which I'm told yeah. is really good. You know, it is. I like it. I, but, I just couldn't really mess with it. <laughs> Maybe I'll try again someday. Insecure. So we're going to leave y'all with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe is from Serena Williams, who um, that was a whole, we could have made a main dish about that too. Um, but she says, she said this weekend, I don't cheat to win. I rather lose. And I thought that was so powerful um, because it just shows like her integrity level. Yep. And um, I think we should all have that level of integrity that we're not trying to win by cheating. Like winning isn't that that important to us that we would sacrifice our character just to get it. That's and it. so, yeah, that's, yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with everything you said. I think for me, when I heard when I heard her say that and I saw people started to tweet it and post it on like Instagram, I was like, this is actually a, something to live by because so often it's so quick to want to get to, you know, be celebrated and be the number one or that end goal that you might be tempted to do something that is unethical. But it's like, no, what makes me the greatest is that I actually follow the rules as they're set no matter if they're like right or wrong. And that's why I'm so good. Cause with all of the things that you guys do to try to stop me, I'm still on top. I'll rather mm-hmm. lose fam. Like I really would rather lose. So I thought shout out to Serena Williams and actually to kudos to everybody. Um, the other professional male tennis players that are supporting her and saying like, yo, these, this call was a bogus was a bogus call. She really was. The umpire was extremely sexist and, it's uncalled for like there this this issue that seemed to that some people are using to kind of diminish her greatness and say like oh well you know she didn't win and maybe it's time for her to move on there are other people saying like yo actually the treatment that she's receiving is extremely unfair i saw one uh guy tweet that he had he was like i've actually 
unfortunately admit I mean yeah unfortunately I've said way worse things and the only thing that has ever happened to me is once someone gave me like a verbal warning of if you don't stop this then I'm going to move to take other action but that's the only thing everybody else is like yep nope I say I say worse things all the time uh to this same umpire and nobody says anything so yeah yeah shout out to Serena Williams yes Y'all, thank you for watching, not watching, thank you for listening to another <laughs> episode of Brunch Culture. We always enjoy talking to y'all, uh, even though uh, we can't, I know a lot of y'all be talking to, telling us that y'all are talking back as we're talking, <laughs> I wish it was a way that we could hear you, but we can't, so hashtag chat BC, so we'll know what you're saying back yes. to us. So we'll be able to engage with you. Um, You can get all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com. You could um, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio, and listen everywhere podcasts are uh, listed. Uh, except I don't think we're on Spotify yet, so we got to fix that. Um, you know, you can engage with us on social media, facebook.com backslash brunch culture, on Twitter at brunch culture, on Instagram at brunch underscore culture, or did, am I getting those mixed up? No, that's right. Okay. Good. I'm like, I, I'm like, am I right or wrong? Oh, you can email us at brunchculturebc at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.